You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications, and joining us this week is Caitlin Glover. Caitlin is the Executive Director of NCBA Natural Resources and the Executive Director of the Public Lands Council. Caitlin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ed. Well, I wish it was under better circumstances. Uh, It is... um, Mid to late August here uh, in Washington, D.C., that means August recess, but it also means, unfortunately, wildfire season, um, especially out west. Um, and can you just bring us up to speed on, on some of the biggest fires? I mean, we've seen, you know, the images, the amazing images from, you know, Arizona, Colorado, uh, Northern California. Can you just bring folks up to speed on just how widespread these fires are? Absolutely. Unfortunately, um, you're right. August recess uh, often coincides with the height of fire season. And so a lot of members of Congress are back in their home districts and uh, see these evacuations, see these impacts uh, face to face. Really this year, as has been in years past where we've seen these these terrible fire years, we're seeing fires from Florida to Washington. Anywhere there's forage to be burned, it's, it, it's burning. Um, some of the largest fires, as you said, you know, we're seeing California, we're seeing Arizona, we're seeing Colorado uh, and, and Montana and, and others. Um, but really what you're seeing is is not a surprising dispersal of, of fires and of these big fires as well. We're finding these big fires in areas where you have a lot of that dense timber, a lot of that dense forage that either for uh, reasons that grazing has been removed or that timber industries have been removed, um, You've seen over the last number of years just a massive buildup of these fuels, and really all it takes is one lightning strike. That's never more true in years when we have a drought monitor that looks like it does. I'm hearing from producers every day saying, you know, there there is no water, uh, and in the year that is 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 where that's layered on top of coronavirus, uh, it makes for some some hard conditions. Yeah, absolutely. So if folks have been impacted by these fires. Um, where can they go to find out where they can get help? So I, th- I think that's a great question. And so that is going to depend on on sort of where they are, right? So for permittees, you know, one of the first places we look is for alternative allotments, for alternative forage, because really folks don't want to start feeding um, their, their cattle or their sheep. They don't want to start feeding this early in the year. The hay they've put up is, is for the winter, for those, those cold months. Um, so we really want to find them some of that forage that's also, to be fair, it's a fuels treatment as well. So we want to prevent fire encroachment on other areas. Uh, but certainly, you know, we, we want to avoid situations where we've seen, uh, you know, just truckloads and truckloads of hay going down the interstate to to uh, provide relief from fire and flood and, and, and other things. And so uh, in local communities, there are a number of initiatives to allow people to move their livestock and um, your farm service agency, your rural development, and um, those local authorities are really helpful. And so the other thing as well is that producers who are seeing these impacts, uh, we here at NCBA um, help in some of those programmatic development and making sure that we are communicating to USDA where those resources are needed. So there, there are a full suite of tools, um, understanding that fire moves quickly and, and some of these resources are, are harder to position sometimes. Yeah, and um, obviously, um, you know, folks have been through this before. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more emergency, emergency declarations and emergency aid made available as, um, as these fires continue to spread. And, and we'll make everybody aware of that through our newsletter, through Twitter, um, through our website. Um, just looking more you know, down, down the road, we seem to be having this conversation all the time, right? Like, 
We've done a couple of campaigns on how grazing prevents wildfires here, media campaigns. I remember being um, in Southern California last year for for a couple of videos that we produced. Um, And one of them was in Ventura County in Southern California. And, you know, the, the ranch land up up the way from from town um, was largely saved, and the and the neighborhoods below that were largely saved because there were, it was grazed land. And a lot of time, I think people in coastal communities don't think this this is an issue that's going to affect them. Um, but when entire neighborhoods below the hillsides that were not grazed got wiped out by the fire, you know, you find the the Southern Californians kind of take notice of that. So obviously we have to continue talking to people um, outside of our traditional communities and, and you know, stressing the importance of, of getting these fuel loads down. But what else can be done um, from a policy standpoint uh, going forward? So maybe we don't have to do this podcast, you know, in a couple of years. Well, I, I certainly hope we don't have to do it in a couple of years. But I think it's important for to for our listeners, but also for our producers as well, to remember that that fire is, is a natural part of, of the ecosystem system cycle, right? What we're trying to prevent are these large, catastrophic, incredibly hot, incredibly fast moving fires uh, that, that do take the homes, they take, you know, the outbuildings. And, and we, we've seen horrific images in the past of, of, of cattle and sheep um, who aren't able to get out of the way. So those are the kind of fires that we're trying to prevent. Um, Congress in the past has, has done a couple different things. So so first uh, is is the issue of, of money, right, is, is response. Um, and I'm going to work backwards here because we want to prevent, but de- dealing with response first, um, Congress, uh, this is the first year that they have uh, relief from fire borrowing. And so in the past, we've talked about fire borrowing, um, that the agencies steal from other budgets or, or they, they reappropriate funds is probably a better way to say it, um, reappropriate funds for emergency fire response. Um, That leaves some of those other programs like the range program to apply some of these tools, to apply fuels treatments um, to prevent fires. It leaves those budgets uh, without the the necessary monies that they need. So this is the first year that BLM and Forest Service have a relief from that that fire borrowing scenario. So so that's a good step. Um, So so even in a a very significant year like this, the budgetary impacts um, are are, you know, we've, we've planned for them and, and we have a little bit of predictability on that side. But in terms of, of uh, response and then prevention really on that front side, you, we've seen this administration do some really great things that, that perhaps aren't the big flashy announcements uh, that, that come out, but are really key to the way we're going to manage landscapes in the future. Uh, earlier this summer, the BLM finalized an environmental impact statement on fuel breaks. You've seen additional fuels treatments uh, and, and grassland management policies coming out of both of the agencies um, to try to break up that fire regime, to, to have fire run up to that barrier and then not be able to burn past. So you're slowing that fire pattern and trying to reset um, that, that fire regime. The other thing that you know we've talked about not only through coronavirus but also through fire season is the use of grazing as a tool. We've done campaigns on it in the past, but this situation with coronavirus where other tools uh, may not have been available to the agency, like prescribed fire, for example, prescribed fire was, was halted or postponed because of the smoke and the ash and the respiratory impacts. Um, and California saw a number of their prescribed fires that were, that were postponed or, or eliminated altogether. And really, you know, going forward, if we're going to get on top of these fuels, if we're going to get ahead of this situation, you know, we have to use and be nimble in the tools that we use um, rather than canceling a treatment. Um, Coronavirus has taught us that. 
these fires continue to tell us that year after year. Um, but but it is going to take some time to, to reset that that fire regime. Yeah, well, and that's one thing, like, like you said, <clears throat> it's amazing how quickly you can get regulatory flexibility and how it's not the end of the world if there's some regulation that is rolled back or, or, or not enforced. Um, you know, maybe we can take that lesson to when, you know, it's not a raging emergency on a health on a, on a health pandemic or if there's a wildfire raging through your community. So hopefully, like I said, we don't have to have this uh, conversation every single year. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we get some rain out west and, and hopefully we get these fires under control and, and, uh, and, and, and learn some lessons from this uh, for the years to come. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the lessons we can learn here is that our, our regulation, our, our treatments, they need to fit the environment. They need to fit the resource needs. Um, and if we make those regulations right-sized, if we make sure that we have the flexibility to react to a fire on the ground or to a flood on the ground or even drought conditions, um, we're, we're going to find that our managers are going to be much more successful. And ultimately, we will see better range conditions, better conditions for cattle, better conditions for our rural communities um, who, who face all of these impacts uh, when, when catastrophic fire comes through. All right, Caitlin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.